Blog Talk Radio. And this show provides just the right space for you. I am Judith Pinkerton, founder of Music for Life, with my cohort, Amy Frost, Music for Life's National Wellness Circles Director. Together, we invite you to join us for some me time. Sip on your favorite beverage during the next 30 minutes as we explore together music medicine and life skills that support joy in the midst of crisis. Welcome, Amy. I know you had an interesting aha from last week's radio show where we talked about optimism, the key to eating stress. Yay! And we had on as our guest Ross D. Bryant, who's one of the most optimistic people that I know, so that was exciting. And in, in spending time with him and both of you looking at this whole optimism thing, and what really came to me was an exercise I used to do all the time that I stopped, and you and I did a retreat on on Sunday that it came back to me again. And so I'm really, really focusing on it. So whenever things aren't going quite the way that I think they should or I think I want them to, what I do is I stop. I imagine a red stop sign. I do a quick release, like a nice, nice deep breath, and then I envision what do I want to be happening, and then I ask myself what shall I do as my next step with that, and then I take an action. And I feel like that really helps me stay in optimism. So does that mean I'm optimistic because I do it, or am I, you know, does optimism lead the way or go back and forth? So I think it's a little bit of both. I think optimism needs to be fed, and it, it stands by itself. And that kind of leads us next into joy in crisis, which is our topic today. I think optimism is a key to tapping into joy, especially when crisis is at our front door. Yeah, So as we look at this, we have a special guest who's very much alive to tell us how her preferred song has special meaning in her life. And if we have time for a caller, we'll go live at 20 minutes after the hour so that they can ask us their burning question. So, Amy, I know that we have a special guest here that we both know, Heidi Klingen, who has received a bachelor's degree in journalism and a Dow Jones Foundation Fellowship. Um, and she's held editing and staff positions at publications in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York, including Apparel News Group, the San Francisco Business Journal, and the Wall Street Journal. Wow. Fourteen years ago, Heidi actually formed a new group called All Righty Writing Consulting, where she's able to help experts write everything they need to to succeed. So welcome, Heidi, to the Music for Life show. Welcome, Heidi. And one of the reasons I wanted Heidi as as our guest today, especially with this topic, I 
I've only known her a couple of years, but I have watched her go through all kinds of crisis in that time, and her ability to stay in joy has really been quite a mentorship for me. So I'm really honored to have you here today, Heidi. Amy, that was such a sweet thing for you to say because um, it's always a joy to talk to you, and you always cheer me up and give me such great uh, tips. And, um, you know, I just think that life is kind of a series of, of ups and downs. And, I, you know, we just have to, it, it all comes back to attitude. Everybody knows that, but, it, you know, you can't always change what's going on in your life, but you can change how you feel about it. And I've tried to do that, you know, with, it's always it's always in the forefront of my mind that, um, that, that my thought is the thing I can't control. So, but you've been a tremendous inspiration to me all the times that we've talked, so. Thank you for saying I've been an inspiration to you. That was very sweet. <laughs> so, Heidi, as we, <laughs> Heidi, as we look at uh, what is inspirational for you, I asked you to bring on your favorite piece of music. And so we've got a link on the, the blog talk to your favorite piece of music by Sarah Williams. And just saying its name, everybody's going to know it's happy. <laughs> so, what I'd like to know from you, because people know this song so well, and if you don't, you can click on the link and go to YouTube and listen to it. What I'm curious, Heidi, is when do you choose to push play on Happy? Well, you know, it's just um, it's something that we, it's, it's, happiness is a choice. And I, my favorite line in that song is, clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth. And I just thought that was such a profound uh, you know, it just kind of seems like a light, lighthearted, almost silly, you know, if you watch the video, it's almost a silly-looking song, but he, you know, he's really trying to convey some profound um, messages and, and truth, and, and I think that that's why I really appreciate this song and what he was doing, and I love that it, was, it took off as being so popular, and then the uh, was it Miss USA or Miss America? She she did that famous uh, rendition of it and got a lot of publicity because of that. So that made me take another look at that um, that song too. So it's it, it, you know it had a lot of publicity, but I think that his message is so important, especially in these times of you know people struggling with different different aspects of their lives. You know, it's very possible that if you, you know, have it in your iPod or your thing, there's a little function on the uh, song where you can repeat. And before you know it, you could have listened to it, you know, a dozen times. And you're like, how come I'm smiling all the time here? Because it's been subliminally influencing you. Do you ever find yourself doing that, Heidi? Yes, I think that's true. And and I, I do believe that joy is our true nature. And that's a pretty profound thing to say. It's kind of bold. Uh, but I also believe that uh, sometimes we've been seeking joy in the wrong places, and we all do that. We all have our little places where we go where we shouldn't be going, you know, thinking this, this, will, this will fix it. <laughs> so as we look at, uh, Amy's got a, a fabulous, free handout on her blog at amyfrost.com that's got a link at this website, um, talking about different things to consider as we build joy in crisis. And I love this quote that we've got, Amy, from Wayne Dyer that says, 
many people mistakenly believe that circumstance make a person. They don't. Instead, they reveal him or her. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Amy? Well, I, what, what I find is it's like I would do a lot of work with people in crisis and people that are struggling with addictions. You know, funny, Heidi, Heidi, when you talked about doing things to, you know, to not necessarily deal with happiness and help people, what I thought of was diving headfirst into a gallon of ice cream. I don't know where you would go. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my hiding places. Similar. You know, but it's, it's a matter of, you know, dealing with, you know, two people who have the same identical issue. Something comes up for them, a divorce, a layoff, and in those two people, one will will handle it with tapping into joy, and another will just start this negative talk, and everything's awful, and people are awful. And not that you're not entitled to your feelings. I think that's really, really important, and, of course, we certainly honor that, and that's what using music as medicine is all about, is meeting people where they are emotionally, and it's important to say, and go through it. And what am I to learn in this? And so that's why it, where it really shows who you are as a person. And by what you go through is like I have an opportunity to say, all right, how am I going to grow in this instead of how am I going to let this destroy me? I think another way I kind of look at that is you have a chance with everything that happens to you, either open your heart and be more loving, be more giving, or you can use that opportunity to close your heart and shut down to the world. And I think when you start shutting down the world, the opportunity to use joy in crisis goes away. Yes, I think we do need to take some time to be, you know, close to our thoughts and, you know, be quiet. But it doesn't mean you're shutting off the world. You're just, you know, maybe regrouping in order to um, become stronger and have more clarity. And, And I do believe music helps with that as well, those peaceful times that you need to, um, you know, deal with whatever crisis you're facing. So, you know, there's times for happy, light music and times for a little bit more contemplative, meditative music. And they all have their purpose, but they do evoke a, a mood. So you use, use music as, as a mood enhancer. For example, when I want to get energetic and do a little, take a little dance break from my office, you know, stand up and get some movement going, I put on disco music, like Earth, Wind & Fire and Donna Summer. For those of us who remember, they are fabulous. And uh, that has, you know, that really affects my mood in a positive way. Well, and, and, and and I think that's definitely another way to tap into joy. We have lots of different ways to look at how do I tap into joy, not doing a bypass of your emotions or not mm-hmm. facing something that may not be fun that you don't want to deal with, but how do I find a way to use joy while I am facing it? And like I, said, I like to say that I, I like to, to call myself an optimistic, critical thinker. So in, in, that, mm-hmm. in that optimism, using joy. And one of that is absolutely is dancing or singing because that, that brings you to that point of joy. It does me. Does it do that for you, Heidi? Yes, it does. I it, I think it just gets those endorphins going, and uh, it just makes me feel it just it, it you know, takes my mind completely off of work because you can't be dancing and trying to keep your balance and not look totally ridiculous and think about you know disco music uh, and be worrying about your whatever project you're working on at the same time. Absolutely, and. You know, I know you work with people helping them to get their writing out, to get their 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 books out, and 
and help them to do articles and different things. Um, I know when people are writing that they tend they can get to blocked places, and and they don't feel very joyful. So, are there any techniques you help to people use joy to help them try to pass a writing block or a block in in getting their voice out in terms of their writing? That's a good question. I'll have to give that some thought. Maybe not particularly with joy, but I do try to give them reassurance that they're not in this journey alone. I think writers are generally pretty lonely people because you have to be so in your head to get all those thoughts out. And, if, you know, when they're looking at writing a book, they're thinking, gosh, how, how long is this going to take and how lonely am I going to be? How, how many hours, days, weeks, months, years am I going to have to be sitting alone at my desk? And uh, so that's one of the wonderful things I can offer is that, you know, we're going to be on this journey together. And uh, so I sense uh, it's not joy, at least some some relief, kind of like a oh, deep breath, sigh, you know, but, this, okay, this, this, might, this, might, this might work, you know, because I have Heidi there to, to, to give me some support and guidance. And, and people tell me that, too, and it just really makes my day. That makes me joyful when I know I can help someone feel that way. Absolutely. And how about you, Judith? How do you employ when people, I know you're working with people in crisis, you know, at all levels all the time, what are some of the techniques that you use to help them to tap into joy? Well, first of all, I have to be clear. So I'll take deep breath <laughs> because if I can't um, be centered myself, then I'm really not going to be of use to anybody else. So I just make sure that, because I, I usually work in some really um, deep, uh, traumatic um, instances constantly. Um, and then it's it's really resonating with them and allowing them to feel what it feels like to, to be like that. But I always use music as medicine um, to help shift them significantly. And so there's a whole mood sequence formula, and you can go on the mentalfitness.musicforlife.us website and, you know, download this music medicine boot camp so that you can do it too. But I find that when you know how to use music um, in the moment, because that's the only moment that works with it or the moment that exists, um, it's easy to actually shift yourself out of an unmotivating mood or um, be in the middle of crisis where trauma could be significantly affecting you. It can help shift you so you can think clearly. Absolutely. You do such a great job of that. You know, and part of it is like it's not waiting till you're in crisis to do this work. Like you're saying, I think it's important to do have a mu- music as medicine as a normal part of your life. So we always talk about mental fitness, emotional mastery, and resilience. And I think that's what it is, is having a practice that you're doing on a regular basis. Like, you know, I always like to say, you don't wait to brush your teeth until your six-month appointment. You know, you need to brush your teeth every day. <laughs> okay? And so it's the same thing with, with, with using these school skills to be enjoying. Certainly music as medicine is something. You have music in the world around you anyway. Find ways to use it effectively. And being trained on the protocol is, is absolutely huge. But when I want to really stress this that it's I'm not talking about it just saying making nice and and just jumping over your feelings when when crisis is happening it's not fun and it's important that you you face it and you deal with it and you deal with the emotions but you know sometimes you need a little bit of denial and then when you're ready to to step into it so uh so I want to say, talk about some of the 
uh, some techniques uh, that I find helpful in, in working with people in crisis to utilize joy. Um, one of my favorites is I help people, we say before they get to that point, if we can, is to create a joy list. And you on there you put things that bring you joy, real, you know, small things, medium things, bigger things, like going to Maui for a week might be one of your bigger things. But going down, like there's a park right near Music for Life, and Judith and I will we'll go over there and go for a walk. That's one of our joy things. We can get in the car and be there in three minutes. So it's it's having those kinds of things to uh, available to you and knowing and so and, it, I don't, and for me it's fun having that list and creating that. Do either of you have a joy list? <laughs> I I love Constantly. that idea. I'm right. I'm making notes right now because you know that just just the concept of that. I just oh I that I've got to do that right away. Okay, Thank good. You, so what you want to do is literally you have a you can have a spot in your computer or a notebook or whatever. I like to have it right in front of me at my desk. And so, I, like, I can immediately, you know, I, I, you know who to call that's going to make you giggle, right? You know who to call that's going to make you not feel so good. So when you need that, need a little bit of joy, those are the people that you call. So, you, you know, have, have that list and, be, and be, be ready to do it. Uh, I'm a big fan of that you need to have a group of mentors. And I have several people that I talk to throughout the week. We have set days, set time. And what we do is we, we support each other. Part of the time is for me. Part of the time is is for them. And like Judith and I, on Wednesday morning from nine to ten, that's our time together. And it, it can be challenging meeting that time because we're both really busy people. But it's really important not only for our relationship, but for our own sanity individually and together to have that time. So it's about again not waiting until the ideal time happens, but putting it on your schedule. And I have um, I would say a good twelve people all over the country in here, in my hometown that if something happens, I can text or call immediately. And just knowing that, a lot of times I don't even have to use it, but it's nice to know that I have those people in the ready being able to help me. Um, I, and, and we have um, a mentor circle at Music for Life once a month, and that's really good. If you, you don't have the ability to, if you're not in Vegas, maybe creating your own mentor circle. And what you do is you support other people and they support you and get together at least once a month, maybe once a week or every other week. I think that's that's really important too, having people that, that you can connect with and who can support you. Um, I know that Heidi, you and I have talked a lot about this and we we've been meeting on our on a regular basis. Surrounding yourself with friends who support you. That is so wonderful, Amy. And it's been just the joy of me to have to move to Vegas, all places, to find someone like you. Uh, I'm so amazed by that. Um, so it's just, you know, I've never had that experience before of a mutual support, uh, co, you know, kind of peer coaching, if you will. But we're not really working, you know, talking in a, on a professional level. We're talking on a really personal level and going through the chapters of the book, The Seed of the Soul, uh, you know, it's just, just a wonderful way to inspire those deep conversations. So that's been a, just a tremendous blessing in my life. I'm so grateful for it. Well, and I think it's really important. You've got to know what do you need in friendship, don't you think? Because it, I think that changes, you know, when you're a young mother and have kids, right? You have different needs. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the point you and I are at the same point in our careers. So, that that's helpful. We we really understand each other from that perspective, 
and and have time for each other that people who had little kids wouldn't have. So I think that that's important yeah. to make sure that you're getting the right per, right people and knowing what kind of support that that you need. And you know, is that in person? Is that you know on the phone? Is that skyping? And finding what is it that I need, and really making the time for that, really really important. Right, right. Valuing it and um, yes, and having that mutual respect for each other's uh, background and and you're you're like you say experiencing uh, mutually uh, similar you know seasons in life or crises or you know like when you're a young mother it's it's all about the kids and sharing stories and swapping tips about food and the doctor the pediatricians and and all that and that's how you support each other you're really so focused on the the child but it's wonderful to get to this point in life where it can be like you guys say me time you know that it's now what am i supposed to be doing and and it's it's lovely to have a, a friend who really wants to listen and 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 give feedback and care about what's going on with me, and um, so I, I recommend it to everyone if they can find someone like Amy. <laughs> Go for it. I love you said what you know what you and I are doing, and I've done that with other people. That you find a focus, you you find a book you're working through, and so you have a, a something that 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 feeds, you know for the grist, you know the grist for that mill. So finding things that you want, and of course, my dear husband always teases me that I'm always doing homework, and yes, that's probably true. But is it, that helps me to grow myself and to grow with another. And I think another important part, with, especially with crisis, whatever crisis you happen to be in, I think finding the right group for you is really important. That's why 12-step programs are so phenomenal, um, grief uh, recovery groups. Um, if you're dealing with a, an illness, like my uh, stepbrother, um, it has a very severe case of Lyme's disease, and he was out here recently visiting, and he's really in crisis. And why, when I talking with him, working with him, I said, have you ever thought about going to a Lyme's disease support group? And he's like, what are you talking about? So we went on the Internet, and darn it, if there isn't a big, huge organization for that. So Good. he never thought to look for that. So, you know, there's, and that's one of the great things about the Internet today is you know, there are so many uh, ways to find support that we didn't have before. That's true. It is bringing people together in a certain, you know, in a, in a positive way. It's all how you use it. Well, and I think especially what you're saying with with writing, I think that's really important too. I know I've I have um, worked with a lot of people who are go to writing groups, and I think it's really important when whatever thing you're working on, going to a group, especially if you're a writer, like you said, can be lonely. Get out. You know, we get so trapped in our house, and we think we're connected to people by Facebook and, you know, LinkedIn. No, that's not a real connection. You know, I think that's key to tapping into joy is connecting with other people and how important that is. That's true. That's true. And it has to be the right people, like you said. Well, sometimes the wrong people can give you a lot of help, too. You never know. (laughs) That's true. So, Ms. Judith, have, anything coming to you about, you know, the whole thing about joy and finding support in different ways? Any any ideas, suggestions you have for people with getting support? Well, I think that um, to be able to identify a core group of people, and it could be your family, especially if you have a rather large family, <laughs> you know, and just staying in in 
constant connection with them so that should something happen, you know that they've got your back, that they're going to be there for you um, so you don't have to actually reach too far um, to get support. And so the the same thing, especially if you find yourself living in different states where they're not just down the street, you know, that, yes, Facebook and telephone and, you know, email and all that's important, Um, but, you know, to have some, if if your family's not close by, uh, to be able to have friends that are, you know, close by that you've been able to um, embrace as being intimate. And when I say intimate, it's about not being afraid to, share what you think and what you feel and what you go through so that when there is a crisis that you don't have to withhold or you don't have to be concerned about, you know, what you say or how you say or or be afraid of how they're going to respond or you just kind of know that this is just a natural progression of your friendship. That's huge. That's really huge. And another thing that comes to my mind, when my mother was very sick, um, I have four sisters, and we're we're scattered around. And so, what we committed to is um, every day at uh, seven o'clock in the morning, I have a, a conference line. It's, you go to freeconferencecall.com, and you can get a line. Freeconferencecall.com. And what we did was said, if you feel like calling in, call in. And if you don't, don't. And so sometimes there'd be two of us. Sometimes there'd be five of us. Sometimes it'd just be you. But that gave you time to reflect. But it was nice to know there was a place I could go every day for a few minutes to get support from my family. Yeah, that's an amazing idea. I love that. It worked really well. It was really amazing. So I know, yeah, Heidi, uh, Judith has a question for you. Oh, wow. I can read her mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know there's more than myself that wants to know the answer to this burning question. What would you like to impress the world with before you leave it? I have been really giving that a lot of thought, so I'll get back to you. No. <laughs> uh, what would I like to? Yes, I know. Uh, well, one of my one of my mantras with my work with helping people write books is, your book can will start to write itself if you let it. And I meet so many people who say, you know, this book has been working in me for last night. Actually, a, a man I met probably six years ago, he said, this book has been working on me for five years. And I said, it's time, isn't it? You can feel that it's it's just bubbling up and it's not going to stay suppressed. You can't keep pushing it down and saying, I'll get to you later. You know, I'm way too busy to stop everything and write a book. So I guess uh, what would I like to uh, leave behind? I forgot, I forgot the exact uh, phraseology. But I do want people to know that it's easier than ever now with technology, with uh, self-publishing, to get your get your thoughts out there into the public and share it with people. Even if you don't do a print book, you don't want to spend the money and 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 hassle of that. You can do an ebook on Kindle, Amazon Kindle, so easy, and just and let people know I've written a book. I finally put down my thoughts, and that. That's it. Just speaking of joy, that gives me joy to help people get through that process and give them the good news that it uh, it really will start to happen if you let it. It's so important to have somebody like you in the lives of people that really have something to say. I remember 
when I was being encouraged to write my very first book. Um, and <laughs> it was really bad. You know what, Judith? Some books only have one or two words on one page. You really don't have to put down an awful lot to have it have meaning. And so just with that kind of encouragement, I was like, okay, I could do a, a word or two on a page. And then, of course, it <laughs> grew into much more than that. Um, but it's, it's having that right coach that, you know, knows what to say to encourage you. So thank you so much um, for your words. And so I know, um, Amy, you've got several books that are in process right now. You know, they're working on me, like Heidi said. <laughs> Everybody well, because, has we're all, because we're all women, I could use this metaphor. Sometimes men turn up their nose, but it's, it's a gestation period, and so I don't call myself a book midwife, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like I'm helping you kind of give birth to it. Oh, I love you know, that. I love that. And it's really good to find your own voice, even if you, you know, even if it's only a, a copy for you. It's good to, to to get the story out, and it's really. You know, I, I did a lot of work in hospice, and I recommended people wrote their story for their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you can get hold of Heidi um, at the link that we've got on this web page. You have been listening to Music for Life with hosts Judith Pinkerton and Amy Frost. We are located at the Music for Life Health Club and Training Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, where our staff supports you building mental fitness and emotional mastery. To connect with us before the next show, go to our website at www.musicforlife.us. It is our sincere mission to have inspired you with life skills featuring music medicine, health, and today's special guest, Heidi Klingen. We dare you, until we meet again next Tuesday, to be happy now. Seek that joy in crisis. <laughs>